0: Wants to hear you. Do they? Are you sure? The most recent return. Yeah. Tell everyone, say hi. The music's playing. Eric's here with us. Hello. Eric
1: is here with us. Zach is here with us. Yep. Yes. Sam may be with us later (laughs) on in the show.
2: Who's Sam, the Velociraptor?
1: Yeah, with this um, velociraptor it's yeah. protruding front claw. Welcome to Game of Owns. This is a Jurassic <laughs> Park podcast. Yeah, we
0: talk about a place where cloned dinosaurs run free, and it's wonderful and beautiful.
1: You know, speaking of dinosaurs, though, uh I was uh, reading an article on Mashable.com, and I shared it with both of you guys, and uh just dinosaurs make me think of Charmander.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and uh,
1: we've made our fair share of Pokemon references on this podcast uh, yes. over the last several months, and I just like to point out this great article. It says basically that the original 151 Pokemon are really the best, and I think that's the point, Zach, that you were trying to make. I don't know if it was the last episode or two episodes ago when mm-hmm. you were talking about them. They all kind of run together. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, but it's true though. The the original 151 are the best.
0: Yeah. I would completely agree. Zapdos uh being a very, very high number one above the rest.
2: Look, I, I, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I also agree. And also there I, I think I recall hearing at one point there there's actually a limit to the number of things the human brain can remember. I mean if you if you're treating Pokemon like friends, for instance, like you can actually only remember like a, a certain amount of names and it's close to maybe a hundred or two hundred or something like that. And so after a while, when there are now eight or nine hundred Pokemon to remember, um, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> my limit is 150. I'm sorry. Like I'm not going to memorize or commit to memory all this other shit. Plus the Pokemon just got dumb after a while. There was like a, a coat hanger. <laughs> there was a coat hanger Pokemon. Like really, it's like stupid. Like yeah. who, who needs that crap in your life?
1: And if you look at that article, it actually has, it, it's, it's the top seven reasons why. The original 151 Pokemon are the best, and, and one of the seven reasons is exactly what you just said, Eric. It, it takes a look at a few of them uh, beyond 151, and, and, and that section is <laughs> essentially titled, What the Hell Are These Things? This yeah. just reminds me.
0: Uh, Christian showed me this picture, Hodor, and it was a photograph. I suppose that was photoshopped um, by some people because it's certainly not real. But it is depicting Bran throwing a Pokeball and releasing him from it, and he's going like, "Hodor, I choose you, <laughs> dude." Hodor would be a cool Pokemon. He would be like, you'd have to wake him up with a flute,
2: and he otherwise yeah, he's he'd like, be like Snorlax, basically. blocking paths. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. slow
1: bro, slow bro, Yeah, that too.
2: Slowbro yeah. was, was mighty serene from what
0: I remember. Slope, see, the thing about Slowbro is he evolves from a very lazy slowpoke with his tail dipped into the water. Yeah, you dopey, know? dopey. Yeah. Yeah. Which, is, which is not the same as, as Hodor's evolution as we've seen from the last season of the show.
2: Although Hodor does enjoy a good dip.
0: He does, uh, along with many great people. And the story on the show we uh we're talking about pokemon but of course this is a game of thrones sure. podcast and uh we're on the front page winners coming.net right now scrolling on some articles mm-hmm. because guess what this is where our, our, our podcast is posted so i feel like it's fitting that when we record it's like hey what's going on in the news as if to say we haven't been scanning this every single day
1: anyway right <laughs> oh, you know no. i just have to say though i feel like a horrible nerd because I really had no clue that New York Comic Con was going on this weekend. And if I did, I would have gone. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would have been there. Really? And, yeah, because our good friend, Braun... Jerome uh, Flynn. ...was representing the uh Game of Thrones series. Oh. He was a lone uh, gunman, I guess you could say. Hmm. He's a mercenary. The lone archer, you know. right? Lone archer. Yeah. The only Game of Thrones cast member who made an appearance there amongst, uh, Hulk Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter and a few others. Yep. <laughs> uh, also, Tommy from the Power Rangers was there. Yeah. So, yep. uh, he, uh, he may have let a spoiler or two slip the, uh, based upon what I read in his, dis- his, uh, recap there. But, uh, I know we do want to talk about, uh, another story though on net. Good old George spent some time at Capclave 2013. That sounds like an STD-type conference, but it sounds like a place everyone goes to like try in different hats and to tell people
0: about where they got Capclave. theirs. Capclave.
2: That would be cool.
0: <laughs> Where'd you get that one?
2: Oh, got it at Lids. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get out of here, kid. Got, I got mine at Capclave. Do
1: you still have your Notre Dame hat? I still? have my Notre Dame <laughs> hat.
2: That's exactly what I... Every time I see Lids or like I pass a Lids, I think of the time that Emerson bought me a hat. It Lids. Lids
0: just got its first mention on the show.
2: Lids, ladies and gentlemen. Keep your stickers
0: on, all right? They're going to be worth something later.
2: Yeah, but Cap Capclave, totally, totally believable as a, uh, a good hat name. And, uh, you know, we know that Uncle George or Uncle Ray, um, you know, wears his fair share of hats.
0: He does. He was an attendant. And what is titled, air quotes, not a panel he talked a lot about the upcoming season 4 and i think he has splurged a few of the details here because uh um sue makes a note on the article where our sources say that there's still a month left to go in, in shooting and george is like ah there's like a week or so left He's, you know it's hard to keep up with that shit which i kind of, it's kind of interesting because you know within this post article thing here. You guys can read it for yourself, obviously, but, um, George goes to say something like, and he's clarifying this because there are a lot of changes moving forward. You know, we have characters that were either killed or are being completely written out of the show that are probably going to have some kind of a place in the sixth and seventh book that he's yet to release. So he makes it clear to say, you know, once again, this is Dave and Dan's project and this is my project. So let's not get it twisted.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's pretty important for him to say, too, that um he views the books as his, but the show is Dan and Dave's. You know, it's pretty important to, to see how he views it because people are wondering, well, if you had any regrets about your writing or anything you would change, are you now going to Dave and Dan and saying, look, guys, you should specifically change this? Um, or are you just letting them adapt any way they want to? And that seems to be more, more closer to the case.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it goes back to the fact that they know what's going to happen. They know the end game, right? Brian, when he was on the show, uh, during season three, talked a lot about that, that they have that foresight to what's going to happen at the end of these books. So really how they get there is up to them. That's what Dan, uh, and Dave are being entrusted with here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's
0: important to remember, too, because as long as everyone is clear on that front, I really don't think that too many mistakes can be made throughout, you know, some things are going to piss off loyalists and that happens. And obviously us being those loyalists, because we produce a over 150 strong show about such lore, um, you know, we you have to it has to be understood that some things are changed. So I think that overall, in general, people are... um because I know season four is going to borrow a lot from even the latter books beyond Storm of Swords. So I think that people will be pleased, honestly.
1: Yeah, and, uh, obviously we don't want to give away too much here as to what George said because they do contain some spoilerish material. So if you want to, you can certainly head over to winnerscoming.net and look at some of the things that, uh, he had to say. And just one other thing, uh, based off of, uh, George's appearance at Capclave 2013. He did say Mm -hmm. that he doesn't plan to write any prequels, but that we're going to learn more about Robert's Rebellion in upcoming books. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: I know. That's cool.
2: Robert's Rebellion. Why are they, why are, they, why, why will they have any time to focus on that? What's done is done. Don't they have to throw off the white walkers? Come on.
0: What is dead may never
2: die though. Oh, <laughs> uh, what is dead may never. That's the thing is like, this gives me this notion that there was much more to Robert's rebellion than meets the eye. Like, like Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. Like he was the president of the US, but he also secretly went after vampires and zombies and stuff. Robert's rebellion I thought was just about throwing over a corrupt king and it succeeded.
0: Well I'm sure it is but more details. I mean are, are you going to complain because I know I'm not going to complain young Ned and Robert with the warhammer. It sounds pretty cool. Ah yeah. Yeah, you're
1: right. You're it's right. going to be in flashback form
0: anyway or of some sort. It's just going to be an exposition.
1: One other thing that uh he did note is that if he had to do it all over again, he may in fact have changed up some of his point of view characters. Possibly to include Rob, who never gets uh, a point of view chapter in the series before the uh, the Red Wedding claims him. But uh, somebody who I have a hundred percent confidence that he would never change point of view on is Arya.
2: Yes, and in fact, Arya is.
1: You see rocking. what I did there? That was very good.
2: <laughs> well, and in fact, Arya is actually rocking this book. She's already on. This is her eighth. Eighth
0: point of view oh, chapter.
2: Eight in under 40 <laughs> chapters, which means one in five chapters, ladies and gentlemen, in this book goes to Arya.
0: She's inside of the fortified fortress of Harrenhal and all of its melted glory. All the while, Tywin Lannister's host gathers its strength until this chapter where they shall march away.
2: It's funny that you say, um you know, melty goodness, because that makes me think like it's chocolate. Like melt, melt in your mouth not in your hands kind of castle yeah. that Hall is. It's, it's, it's still interesting. You know, stuff is still happening on the wall. We know she was on the run for a little while then ended up at, at in Heron Hall, but she's got a developing story and, and look, this chapter is not all that complex. Um, but something happens that is, you know, fairly important. And of course it warranted, you know, being told in the story. So what can we do, but to, to just jump along and, and go along for the ride, uh, hopefully avoiding tywin lannister's men who are of course prepping for their battle
1: i wanted to just take this opportunity to ask you guys though because it is so much different from the show what is it like for you going through and reading these chapters for the first time seeing the differences noting that there is no interaction between Arya and tywin and knowing what you saw uh last season or should I say season two?
2: Yeah, is is it weird that I just keep expecting it to happen? Like I'm not I'm not anxious for it. I'm just I'm assuming it's still coming. You know, I'm just like, oh, she's still in the phase where, because in the show she, you know, this scene, uh, regarding Weiss or you know her and Jaken is still a part of the show. Um, in addition to the the Tywin scenes that are happening, um, so I just assume the Tywin stuff is is on its way.
0: And what about you, Zach? It's clear why they made the decisions they did. Regarding the dialogue and how exactly it does take place at Harrenhal, because, like Eric said, much of what we do see did happen, except with the addition of Arya's direct interaction with Tywin and we've discussed before the the letter passing and and when people give these unsealed letters to Arya because they assume that she can't read this is where she's getting much of her information along with overhearing these facts from less than important characters that aren't necessarily worth casting and throwing into the confusing character pool the TV show has you know what I mean?
2: That's true because people struggle to remember faces if they think that they're shown, if they make the show then people think they're important
0: Right, so they simplified the Process and in doing so, I think they've really added a nice dynamic layer, allowing us to see a direct interaction with Tywin. Because even in this chapter, with Tywin and his host marching away in all their gallant crimson steeded bravery, you know we don't get to have that direct dialogue with him yet. Which I see George using that as. You know, this is the second book, but we still haven't had really a nice face to face with this guy completely yet. Like, mm-hmm. not a really deep one. We had Tyrion's interaction before, but not into this point of the war. You know, so we don't really get to know what he's thinking like we do in the show.
2: Yeah, he's still he's still a stranger, you know, and he's a stranger to Arya, and and, and he's really just kind of in the books. He you can only see him as the enemy, right? The enemy of Arya and the enemy of the Starks, and only you know after she comes to a particular. R- uh, realization later in this chapter, does she even decide that or realize that she can? act on his being there because ultimately he is affecting the fate of or what will be the fate of her brother.
0: I see the twist. I know I said it was a dynamic change and I hate to, to take away from George's story here because that's not the case at all. But in the book, just going by my notes here and seeing how I, I bulleted certain interactions in this chapter together as I was reading, I see the complexity he's taken to reintroducing characters that were important earlier in the book, like when, when Rorg came around and, and the constant a referral to Jackin, and then we got mention of hot pie and then we also got to see a shirtless Gendry I mean what I'm saying is there's layers that he's written inside of this book that are only attainable through such a, a heavy written piece of work this couldn't have been done in the TV show It couldn't have shown this complexity in these layers necessarily with the pacing of something that would keep even the most casual viewers attention so there's a push and pull and there's a good and bad mm-hmm. to it you know what I mean
2: yeah, I mean, Gen- Gendry, Gendry brings up this very minor moment in this chapter. He brings up, you know, from the previous chapter, uh, and by previous, I mean, of course, it happened probably the beginning of this book, where they're getting attacked and Arya shouts, for Winterfell, or whatever. He brings that <laughs> up, but, like, even if that were to have made it on the show, people wouldn't remember, because there's so much that they're cramming into these episodes. Even though the episodes don't feel super fast or super crammed, it's just such a minor moment. And the fact that it plays out here in the books, like that's fine. It fits there, you know, in the show, it, it, it couldn't have,
0: I feel like our listeners and those sorts of people would remember, but to the other, you know, there's 15 million viewers, let's say, I mean, uh, that's something I agree that they probably wouldn't necessarily be able to connect. And so the punchline would not be as, as good as it was right. in the book, you know?
1: Well, Gendry and I are on the same page because I think I actually brought that up, uh, when we read that chapter, like, what the hell is she thinking?
0: Yeah, you did. Saying that.
1: <laughs> yep. She's going to end up getting herself killed. And she kind of blows it off in this chapter right. saying, well, people were shouting tons of things. Hot Pie was screaming Hot Pie.
0: <laughs> he said his name. For I should have just. He's like, well, then she. well, maybe I should have given Jack in his name. And I was like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. She That's considered evil, right? killing
2: Hot Pie. But she who's going to get her? You know what? It was if it's next name day, he's gonna bake her the most scrumptious cake, and she's gonna feel really bad that she ever suggested it to herself in her inner monologue. That she might want to kill him because he's going to bake her something very nice for her birthday.
0: Well, he's kind of a self serving shit snack, so I get it. You know, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I like that. That's she, a good nickname. I, I understand, I understand, uh, her, her perspective in this because I mean, ultimately, what we've seen in the show, I'm not sure how it plays out in the book, but Hot Pie ends up choosing his comfort over, you know, helping his friends out, which they're young, blah, blah, blah. It happens, you know? I, I thought the, the punchline in this chapter, gendry's cover was so brilliant he was like no 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 i told that's cool i covered i told hot pie you were just yelling go to hell at Everyone <laughs> and, and Ari was <laughs> like i wouldn't do that to, what's such a shit thing to yell that's stupid
2: <laughs> it's, like, it's a bad battle shout gendry if you're gonna make up a story for me make yeah it a little yeah battle, yeah, yeah gendry uh you know use your imagination man really go to hell Rhymes with Winterfell. Well, what else rhymes with Winterfell? Come on. Let's be honest.
0: We got a tweet, actually. I think Larry the Wombat tweeted us a tweet, uh, an own. I was going to save it till the end of the show, but it's so fitting. He says, uh, Gendry telling Hot Pie, Arya yelled, go to hell, not Winterfell. Like middle school, under your breath, eat shit. And the teacher goes, what? And you go, oh, clean hit. <laughs> <laughs> Never done that. Yeah, one. I don't think I've ever done that one either. Oh gosh, complete. It works though. I'm gonna use it that. Bust. Yeah, I
2: think it, I think it does work. <laughs> well, Zach, you mentioned too the letters that Arya is reading. How is that for a 13th yeah. century security measure? <laughs> you, you can no, in, you can, can entrust someone to carry your letters because they they can't read. <laughs> you know, they just, they're not gonna read them. Nobody can read. It's it's all uneducated uh, filth uh, delivering right. your letters. So,
1: but she could play that to her advantage, and she notes it. And it it's even brought up the fact that she could potentially escape if she wanted to. So many of these people have no idea what these letters say. And if she could just get it in the hands of the right person and say, hey, I actually need to go out to the field and deliver this, she could be gone.
2: Micah, would you say that the power that she has right now is comparable to being uh Tywin Lannister's, you know, serving boy?
0: Knowledge is power. Yeah.
1: I, I, I think – a lot of what she learns isn't necessarily useful. A lot of the things that she's reading from Weiss is, is just, it's not that relevant. I think it's more relevant the things that she hears as she's kind of mousing around to different parts of the castle. Like she hears a lot about Rob in this particular chapter. Um, but there was another thing I wanted to go back to, and it was when she <laughs> thought about killing Hot Pie. It it just, no, it shows her mindset in this chapter, because even with the first person that she had killed, and then in this chapter, she says Weiss's name, and and let's face it, if we were getting treated the way she was getting treated, we'd probably say his name too, Mm. Yep. but she has that moment of realization when it just hits her, Tywin, like, why am I not saying his name, why did I miss the opportunity, I should be doing this for the greater good and taking out the guy who is leading the charge against my brother. Instead, I'm sitting here having these petty little squabbles settled that I've been having with these men who have been treating me like crap. But at the end of the day, these are all insignificant players in the game. Tywin would have been... You know, taking out the kingpin. Look, this, so to the, speak. this is a
2: common tale in all tales that involve three wishes. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. by the t- by the time you by the time you get to, <laughs> and she's also very young,
0: just because so, It's yeah, yeah, By too. the
2: time you get to your third wish, it's like, oh snap! I've wasted the first Damn two. It. Like you've only got one left. There's this impetus. There's this push to make it count. You know, and and of course, you know, you get these this thought. Pattern that oh I should have been smarter with the first two, but it's too late. And assuming that Jaqen would have killed Tywin, say that she did, you know, name Tywin first. Uh, and I mean that would have just erupted into chaos. Nobody's saying that Jaqen or Arya would have even been in the same place together after that. Um, depending on you know the ripple effect of, of Tywin, I understand you know she wanted to start small or whatever and, and just kind of said what came to mind. And it's but she's still doing that. She hasn't smartened up essentially until until now. And we worry that it's too late. She worries that it's too late. But really, I mean she's getting all these reports about Rob, and Tywin's the one who's going out to, you know, to go and try and slaughter him. So it it does really make sense that she should have said Tywin's name. Um and I mean I don't think Jacob cares. I think, you know, a soul is a soul and he would have done it.
0: I'm glad that George addressed it, though, because we've been kind of having our own go at her throughout these chapters because she hasn't been naming the mountain or Taiwan. It's true. And it's good that he addressed it because so many stories leave things like this without being addressed that, you know, like as if to say, like in a scary movie, like, you know, maybe say later in the story that. It sucks that Bobby died because we shouldn't have went into the house. Like, maybe later when you're talking to everyone, don't say that you had a choice earlier. Like, tell everyone. Be honest. And that kind of happened here. Like, George was saying, okay, well, Arya understands that
1: she made kind of a shitty choice, but, you know, she's a kid. Yeah, but again, it goes back to the way that she's been treated, right? We, at one point in this chapter, grabs her by the throat, slaps her, and throws her on the ground. I mean... He kind of had it coming to him, <laughs> didn't he?
2: Well, yeah, but there are so many of those unsavory older male characters in this book. And, and, and the, and the good thing, I guess, is that I don't really get tired of reading about them. You know, I, I it's, it's, they're just, but they are a dime a dozen. They, they are so, there are so many of them and it just seems, it is a waste of a wish essentially to, to cause, uh, you know, to, 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 to spend it, spend a breath on this guy. But he was violent. He was physically violent to Aryan. And that's, that's just her way of, of acting out and, you know, pushing back because she's got to have the upper hand. And I think it's a little bit of, it's a matter of pride that she has this guardian in, in Jaikin and that, that he needs or that she, she could just, you know, wave her magic wand and, and see somebody killed. It's still a power trip for her, I think, in, in some aspects. So. She, instead of doing what's smart, she's actually focusing on what's, you know, most comfortable. Like, her day-to-day would be a lot better if Whis weren't in it, and that's why she names him.
0: She has such a strange relationship with Whis, though, you know, because... At the beginning of this chapter, when when things go well for her, when she was sent on an errand to a knight, and the knight couldn't read the message, and it was a very negative message. Unfortunately, in this knight's case, it was uh, a letter that—it wasn't news of war. It was like, hey, you owe money to this dude, so you better pay up. He couldn't read it. She read it for him. He tried to attack her. She stole some expensive shit from his saddle, and (laughs) then ultimately beat him in a foot race because he was wearing a bunch of mail. Brings the prize back to Whis, and Whis is pumped. You know, like, this is a moment where this— terrible guy like i i feel like it's almost a stockholmish syndrome kind of thing where she's like oh but he's gonna give me food later and she even questions like maybe i shouldn't have given his name but then she's like hell no he's an asshole he gave it to the girl that he's been sleeping with uh it's, it says a lot about this guy and about what she's seeing and how being locked in here is weighing on her
1: mm-hmm. yeah what What did you think of the fact that it's noted that we could smell what you were thinking <laughs>
2: It's one of those cool well, it's strange. character. It's, it's really cool. It's, it's cool that somebody would have thought to have written that down. You know, that it's an interesting character trait. It's just the way I take it as being the way that a child sees the world. Um, you, you know, it's like unknown powers, adults, adults may have uh, what seems to be a sixth sense, uh, that you're lying when you're a kid. And to a kid, it may seem that way. Ultimately, I think what it really is, is that kids don't lie well, uh, or half as well as they think they do, you know, when, when you are a kid. So it's things like that, that come from experience, where it doesn't necessarily mean he has this special power. It just means that the world is skewed in a point of view such as this, uh, to give him that added belief. Maybe he really can smell when you're lying. Maybe lies stink. <laughs> In this world, Three lies do stink. Yeah, we just don't know.
0: In a way, it's strange though because I feel like Weiss out of all the people he interacts with on a daily basis, and and surely he's as horrible to many other people, and almost even more horrible because he does th- he does trust her with official business. You know, he sends her out with this official stamp to get a long sword. And that's when she realizes, you know, this official stamp that I have will pretty much get me access to anything because no one can read. So I can scroll pretty much anything down. I could go to the stable boy. I could tell him this is official business. I could probably even take the sword and the horse through the gate if I'm lucky because the guards there are probably just as dumb.
1: Mm-hmm. But Weese catches up with her
0: and scolds her for taking too long. Right. Which she did take a while, I think. Just a little too long. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so really the, the chapter wraps up with Wees being killed by Jack and Hagar, who does like this little cool thing with his fingers <laughs> at the end of the uh, chapter. I'm sure,
2: I'm sure that Jake and Hagar can do many cool things with his fingers. Yeah. Cause he's, he, he's, he's foreign, he's exotic. He may have been
1: doing them when Arya came upon him in his little bath that he was getting from some woman. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, in her, in her errand running, she's able to kind of scurry around as we've seen throughout these chapters. And obviously she seeks out Jacken because she's like, you know, I might consider putting Weece on the list. And we find him just separated from all the other men. You know, they're they're kind of disguised with the Mandacor logo as Lorch's men because they obviously were, were captured and had an ultimatum, I'm sure, chapters and chapters ago. But while Rorg is being an asshole and threatening Arya to her face and then ultimately getting scared... Because Arya is like, hey, I need to find Jaqen. When she mm-hmm. does find him, he literally is in a hot, steamy bath with a servant girl, pouring even steamier water, I'm sure, all over his long, flowing lock. So it's not going too bad for him. It's really not. And no. I think, I mean, he basically, though, based on what we
2: know so far, Jaqen is really looking at relieving his debt um, to Arya. And this is why he even brings it up in the first place, is he wants a clear conscience or wants to To do these things for her, so if he had been sent off, which is you know Arya spends most of this chapter fearing that he has been sent away, and that she's missed her opportunity um that you know, don't you think he would have stopped by, you know, before he left or he wouldn't have left at all? He would have remained in in whatever capacity he had to in order to satisfy this debt. I really don't think he would have abandoned her.
0: And we do know that Lorch's men will be staying to occupy the castle. They're not actually marching away. So technically he's going to be staying anyway, she finds out. So she was relieved there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But yeah, if he weren't, I, I, yeah, I
0: think he would have.
1: Yeah. Well, not only him, but Vargo and all of his men are going to be there too, which – it's going to make for an interesting uh, dormitory.
2: <laughs> I feel like interesting dorm situations are one of the perks of reading this book.
1: Yeah. Who's rooming with who?
2: What kind of mat or floor or ground are they sleeping on? What do they have to eat? How many old, aggressive male characters are there? And are any of them getting laid, or is it just going to be a lot of arguments?
0: <laughs> well, like you were saying earlier, Micah, um, Wiese is found. And she kind of like she wakes up one morning, the morning after she tells Jack that he should kill Whis and Whis is still there. Unfortunately, you know, she goes away to see Tywin marching away with the mountain. Their entire host is leaving. That's when she has that moment where it clicks. I may have lost my opportunity. I messed up. I messed up. We talked about this when she makes it back that's when she sees the throat slit of Weiss and blood just all over the ground.
2: You know, this is, this is sad that not that he's dead, fine, whatever, but ultimately it's what happens to his dog that, that, that bothers me the most, you know, because animals really are just animals sometimes. And, and, uh, you know, the fact that they basically discover Weiss's body and his dog is gnawing on him or eating, you know, bit of him off is just kind of a natural animal behavior that, it's the the people are all shocked. They're like, He had that dog since she was a pup.
0: And now she's eating him. That is messed up. But
2: but like, yeah, we can see it both ways, can't we? I mean, ultimately he's dead and, and the dog is probably starved. I mean, nobody's eating well at that charred black castle. Except maybe Jake and Higar. Right. I wouldn't put it past him to be eating well. <laughs> um But you know what I'm saying, like it's 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 just a shame and they of course have to they kill the
1: dog. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty graphic. It says, his ugly spotted dog stood on his chest, lapping at the blood pulsing Mm -hmm. from his neck, and every so often ripping a mouthful of flesh out of the dead man's face. Ouch. So it's not just like he's... You know, it's like natural having animal some behavior. He's he's ripping his face off. It's
2: natural animal right. behavior though. It's like it's like crows and nobody complains when crows swoop down on a dead body. you know what I'm saying? It's like it's natural yeah. animal behavior. Just because we we like to personify you know, things like dogs, we think less of the dog, but ultimately that's, it's, it's a cautionary tale. Let's say that too, you know, it's like the people who raise monkeys as pets, you know, and then get their face savages or people who rage uh, snakes or better, or alligators, you know, are a better example of this where they really are animals. They really are creatures and they are bound by a certain survival instinct that predominates every other instinct. And that's just kind of the case of what happened with this dog.
0: Well, the dog is crossbowed. The dog is shot.
2: Crossbowed. I want like a television series called Crossbowed. Where... (laughs) where that's just what happens. It's a reality
1: <laughs> quiz show Jack and Highguard. High <laughs> He's the host. <laughs> All right. A man <laughs>
0: introduces this show. <laughs> a man hosts a show and a man is paid for it. Welcome, contender. A man goes to prepared to, to give break? the red god his debt. <laughs> yeah, with yeah.
1: that said, I think it's time for Owens, right? And I, there there was a couple that I could give in this chapter. But I really just have to give it to Jack and Hyger, who's just—he's leaning up against the side of the Wailing Tower, and he just lifts his hand to his face and puts two fingers <laughs> on his cheek casually. So, so. <laughs> Mike,
2: are you sure? Are you like, sure that you didn't want to give an own to Arya? No, yeah, no. It's, it's go I, my
1: second own was actually going to be the paragraph that describes Tywin and his troops marching out of Hall because I just thought it was such an epic paragraph. Oh. So no, Arya does not Cause, get. Because you've been this doing this
2: thing lately where you award your own to the point of view character, which is totally acceptable. <laughs> I award
1: my own to who I think best deserves it. If it happens to be the point of view character, so no, it be yeah, it. No, yeah. no.
2: Well, well, I I just have to say I agree with you completely on Jake and Hagar, and for the exact reason that the hand raise, um, you know, from afar, and and she, <laughs> she knows she knows what she's done essentially, and she's wasted her wishes, and and that's just that's just the, the long and short of it, um. She's got to get herself together and make a reasonable, rational, effective third choice. Of course, those who've seen the series know it may not actually end up being what she thinks it may be, but... We'll just have to see, you know, how it plays out in the books. I'm sure it'll be a little different, so.
0: Well, I might have to go with the trend wagon here, jump on top of it, ride it. It's a radio flyer. It's flying through the sky from the top of a barn. I hope it doesn't crash because Jack and Hygar gets my own. And it's not because of the finger thing, although that was incredibly suave and a little modern. I a think. little modern. Right? Jack and some mind of someone else, <laughs> right? He's just like, that's what you do in class when you're giving answers to a test, you know? So it worked, but... uh <laughs> Um, I used to do the knocks, three knocks for C, you know, it works Oh, really? I, really? Yeah, yeah, I try to help my friends. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> for instilling fear into the heart of a man with a hole in his face, I'm gonna have to give it to Jacken because in this exchange that we're having with Arya, he's saying some pretty questionable stuff, and obviously you're gonna miss out on a lot of it if you don't read along with us, but, um... It's, it's getting pretty serious at that moment. Like, he basically threw down all the shit that he had and was ready to tackle her in a way. And she's like, but hey, I'm wondering where Jackin is. And then immediately he stops, it says in the book, and he's just like, get out of my way. And she is allowed to leave. So, Jackin, you get the own because of that, and also because, you killed a guy, and I thought about giving it to the dog because the dog probably didn't like Weiss that much either. And he was like, now's my chance. There's blood.
1: And it just – it was a perfect situation for yep. the dog. I, I thought about giving it to the dog as well. I think maybe honorary own goes to that dog. Yeah, rest in peace dog. That was the, the saddest death in this chapter. Agreed.
2: Well, we happened to read uh, Ryan McAllister's, a.k.a. Larry the Wombat's own, a little earlier on in the show – uh, but we will now take it to other owns that we've received uh, for this episode and in life in general. Uh, first one comes from Karen Smith, who says Selena's own will go to Gendry for Gendry for being shirtless and sweaty, but he gets mine for changing Winterfell to go to hell. So same mm-hmm. same own people really like Gendry's improvisational skills.
0: Yeah, I think it was good. Another tweet here from an E Harvey at Harvey Horses, good name, I like that, alliteration. And it says, no more WGOO? Oh, come on, Harvey, you know that we wouldn't tell you the answer to that. That's a secret.
2: (laughs) I'm so glad that WGOO has made such an impression on people. (laughs) They're asking about it. All right.
0: The flying wolf reveals none of his secrets. I will act as his liaison, and at this time,
1: we're not accepting questions.
2: (laughs) No comment.
1: No comment <laughs> it will happen. And we also got a tweet here from Amy Christina who says, Passed a quote camel dairy farm, end quote, on a drive through SoCal today. Do I smell a new partnership game of owns?
2: No comment. We're not allowed to comment on anything <laughs> until the contracts have been finalized. Yeah, we're under an NDA. And also that's a secret CIA
0: base. If you didn't know. think <laughs> yes. about it,
2: there are no camel There's dairy not- <laughs> farms in SoCal. <laughs> They're all fronts for methamphetamine.
0: That's where Heisenberg lives.
2: <laughs> and then we got a, an, another message from it's a random on Twitter or, or just a random. I'm sorry. Um, just a random says, whoa. There is an It's Sugar store in D.C., but they don't have the official unofficial Game of Owns Camel Balls candy.
0: Oh, that is depressing. Well, then they're not a real candy store. Yeah, they, they can't cannot
2: be. possibly be. It's Sugar... Sh-
0: <gasps> Guys...
2: It's sugar is following us on
0: on Twitter. We we talked about that on the on uh, 150. Remember? <laughs> I forgot. <Okay. laughs> God, Eric just got really excited. <laughs> you got memory like a camel. A candy. St-
2: <laughs> hey, a camel. Well, never forgets. Way. or a camel's uh, <laughs> yeah, best friend, ever. the elephant. Never forget. Uh,
1: I've I've found a a number of bars that serve take the black stout here in New York.
0: <gasps> and how's it been? Have you been? Uh, I have uh,
1: not. I, I'm actually plan to go. No, I'm going to plan to go this week. And there's actually also a, uh, a liquor store or a package store, I should say, uh, that is about a five minute drive from here that sells it as well. <laughs> it sounds like a seedy place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was told, um, when I attended that release event, um, at River North Brewing, they told me that I could just go to a, a local, um, chain store called Binny's, uh, to, to, to get the, um, to get the black stout. But according to that same guy who worked for Amagong, um, he said that the blonde ale is not there, the Lannister ale. It's cause they've got the new flavor there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get they have the newest one, but there are only two. It seems logical that people would, who try one would want to try the other. So Micah, yeah, Mike, my, my, um, mission for you, should you choose to accept it, is to figure out if they have the other one as well.
1: I'll ask. I'll ask at the, uh, well, the bar actually in New York City that has it is called Stout.
2: Uh, so I'm not entirely
1: sure they'll have the blonde. So ear, they may only but, uh, have it
2: because it's a stout. But still, you understand what I'm saying, right? The market is exactly the same. People who want to try one will want to try the other. Unless they're just into stouts, fine. But the Game of Thrones beer is Game of Thrones beer. You should carry both or get the hell out of Dodge.
1: Well, actually, there's a third that's set to be released in yeah. 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who are interested, it has to do with dragons. So I'm not entirely Fire sure... Blood. What that? I better be mean. able to
2: light it on fire.
1: It's gonna taste like
0: wildfire, guys.
1: Mm.
2: Hey, Micah, where was that mm. bar that we went to that they lit the shots on fire?
1: I knew you were gonna ask that. <laughs> <laughs> it also had a Game of Thrones shot too. I I can't remember what it was called, but oh, man, I'll have to uh, I'll have to do hey, some shit. research and come up the name of it.
2: Well, it's the beginning of the week, and whether you are whether or not you have begun drinking for the week uh, or not. We are here to bring you a couple more episodes. Mm-hmm. Got a week ahead of us, but uh, let's just remind you, we want to take this time to remind you how you can get a hold of us via our various social media outlets and, of course, email the tried-and-tested way of communication since 1993 for this
0: host. <laughs> I would uh, in 93, I was still passing notes, so. <laughs> no, I was, 93, I'm sure I was still shitting my pants. Snail mailing it. Snail <laughs> mailing Yeah. Pretty sure.
2: <laughs> Nobody else is going to do, nobody's going to help me out of this corner here and do. uh What do you want me to yeah, say? Tell tell people how they can get a hold of us. Mm. I don't want to do it.
0: That's right, Eric. If folks just head over to their favorite email browser writer thing of choice and type in the two line contact at com guess what it goes to a place where we all get to look at and see and it makes their way out of the show we've read a lot of those emails in the past couple of episodes some were rather long-winded and and some weren't
1: yeah in addition to sending us an email you can also tweet at us at game of on twitter or scroll on our wall at facebook.com backslash game of owns and there is another way you can give us feedback not itunes we're not there yet (laughs) uh but uh <laughs> for those of you who uh listen to us on net, you can also uh leave us some feedback on each of those individual posts and we do go through read all your comments uh we enjoy reading them most of the time and uh, some people even uh like to leave us poems isn't that right zach it's
0: true i i say poem in a sense of it's more of a brilliant song lyric constructed by loyal listener sunspear and these con this comment section on winners coming on is really fun because it allows us to kind of have an informal way to talk back to you guys. I know there's some uh, funny exchanges I had uh, last week about Canadian treats that we'll probably read later on in the week when we have some more time. But I wanted to read this from some spirit because it's pretty funny. Um, this is in response to our question, uh, what the hell Hodor was doing. And he says, Hodor for was clearly singing. And I'm assuming this is in the beat of We Will Rock You. So can I get a nice boom, boom chick yeah, with your yeah, hands yeah. or claps boom, or something? Boom, can I do this right? Boom, boom, and I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to say boom, it. There you go, Eric. Boom, so he says, boom, I could do boom, it like boom, Queen, boom, but I'm not going to. Boom, <laughs> all right. Bran, you're a boy. Boom, make a big boom, noise. Boom, Playing in boom, the woods. Going to be a big warg someday. Boom, you got blood on your face. Boom, big boom, disgrace. Boom, boom, I've done taking you all boom, over the place. Boom, singing. We will. We will. Hodor. We will, we will, hold on. So obviously that's a lot of fun and it's a good way to get in touch with us. And that's half of the fun that we have at the show because we make it for you. So hearing from you enriches the experience in general. This is now the part of the show where Eric decides to keep doing the beat very strategically. And Micah tells you about iTunes. <laughs> You can also download that version of
1: the song on iTunes as well.
2: Uh, <laughs> the next episode, oh, the God. next edition of WGO is just going to be me going boom boom sh- for two minutes. Thank you, everybody. Yes, yeah, it should work. Backed by popular demand.
1: Also on iTunes, uh, you can leave us some feedback on the show, just like robbion One. I think I said that right. Oh, I'm sorry. It's actually Robbion underscore One.
0: There you go. Uh, I thought it he sounded says,
1: weird. Uh, winter is coming, so make sure you download this podcast. It is true. Uh, we are about a month, uh, a little less than a month into fall and winter is not that far away. He goes on to say, this podcast steals in on mice feet, but a man here. (gasps) That was from the
0: chapter. That owns so uh, hardcore.
1: That was from the chapter, Reggie. I don't even feel intimidated much. Being an old geezer listening to this younger crowd. So uh look, we don't we don't discriminate against age here on this podcast.
2: No, but I will you make fun of you
1: for I will make
2: fun of you for mouse feet if you are proven to have mouse feet.
0: Are
1: you George? Are you writing to
0: us? Also do you have mouse feet? Yes. That is a question we need answered from you. We really, we appreciate your review though, and just like Micah said we welcome you with the largest open arms that we can muster. I think probably between us, the longest wingspan we have is around six feet, one inch. Mm-hmm. So that's a big wingspan to get a hug from, man. That's all I'm saying.
1: You know, I've always been interested when, when people, you know, label themselves as being older listeners. I, I don't, to me, it, that doesn't make any bit of difference. I mean, I think Game of Thrones is something that people of all ages can enjoy. Just like when we were doing Potter, it's, it's something that people of all ages can enjoy. Mm-hmm. So. You don't have to label yourself as being an older listener listening to us young, but, but, but the benefit you know,
2: and, for me is it always makes me feel better about myself. Like that's that, that adults are taking me seriously. Right. Cause I always feel like the, the child,
1: <laughs> you're, you're an adult though. You're an adult, I know, Eric. I know, I know, I know like... but I haven't,
2: I haven't made that <laughs> mental transition yet where it's like, technically, yes, I could have had a kid eight years ago. Uh, and uh, after I graduated high school, but you know, it's, it's still, it's, I'm not there yet. So when, when an older listener writes in, I feel, I feel, I still feel better about myself. Right.
1: Well, uh, Thank you, Rob, and uh, as Rob did for us, remember that nothing less than five stars is acceptable here in the month of October.
0: Uh, speaking of transitions, to borrow from what Eric said earlier, as you hear the beautiful sounds of the Game of Owns orchestra playing in your ears, we leave you with a very small teaser of something beyond this winter and in the long summer.
1: Uh, that was actually very well done, Zach. have You're, you're good. You're very good. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, of course, Zach is alluding to LeakyCon uh, 2014, which has just announced the dates july 30th through august 3rd of 2014 in orlando florida we're looking uh to be a part of the festivities down there in orlando more details to follow
2: so hey come along with us fans of game of thrones and fans of uh all of the other things that we like come join us because it'll be a great time
1: it's safe to say that we'll be around so do your best to hang out i want people to tweet at us what they think of the take the black stout for those of you who have had the pleasure of drinking it aside from eric who is more i'm tweeting Ron you Elf right now himself,
0: <laughs> please uh, do everything micah says because if you don't he will hurt all of us i'm zach
1: louis i'm eric skull and i'm micah tannebel and remember that today's podcast was brought to you by <laughs> camel dairy farm <laughs> it's officially a no-fly zone
0: yes do
2: not try and fly over it they will shoot how rockets.
1: does one milk a camel